What are you worrying about? Give it over to the Lord. Get on your knees and tell the Lord about it. Get on your knees and tell the Lord. Make your requests. Be thankful for what he's done and share with him. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Dave, today it's Letter Day, and I have a letter from Sarah in Arizona. She says, thank you so very much, and I pray the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you greatly, abundantly, and overflowing, Sarah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your prayers, and we also are so thankful for the prayers of those listeners for this ministry and for us. We so appreciate it. Greg, today you continue your look at worry, and you connect worry with pride. So why are those related? Well, worry and pride are really two sides of the same coin. You see, when we worry, we're actually believing that God isn't who he really says he is, where we don't see him rightly, and in some sense, we may believe that we're better equipped to handle the situation, but in reality, we're not, and that's why we are worried about those things. Now, some wouldn't say it that way, but our actions would betray our word at times. They would reveal a heart that fully doesn't trust God. Now today, we're not only going to take a look at that aspect of worry, but we're also going to find some ways of replacing worry with trust in a faithful God. Our text is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Well, thanks, Greg. And if you're new to Equipping the Saints, head over to our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org to learn more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Our web address is simply etsradio.org. Now, with today's message, here's our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. At this point, we're given two commands that will enable us to find peace in the Lord. And the first one is to yield. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Interesting command. Now, the NSB puts the word spirit in there. It's in italics. They're saying we believe this is a way to help translate it so you understand it better. But this word forbearance is an interesting word. It speaks of a gentle reasonableness. But we sure don't see that these days. Our society is full of unreasonable people. We don't see gentle reasonableness very often, do we? It speaks of a gentle yielding. It speaks of the willingness to yield and show consideration and gentleness and kindness to others. And that's in the context in the face of unfavorable circumstances or situations. You know, it's easy to yield when things are not bad, but when things are unfavorable, it's much more difficult. Now, this word speaks of the character of Christ. We know that Paul said, I urge you by the meekness of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10, by his meekness. It reveals his character. We know from James 3, verse 17, that this characteristic is a characteristic of his wisdom. But first, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle. God's wisdom is gentle. So the command here is, let your forbearing spirit, your gentle reasonableness, be made known to all men, which is kind of interesting because it's actually in a passive voice. What does that mean? That means you're not actively to let it be known. You're not to try to make your reasonableness known to people. You can't do that, right? 
It's saying, allow it to happen. You see, when we rely on Christ and trust in him, then that reasonless will be manifest in our lives. See, because he says the Lord is near. That's the key. That's the key, how we're able to allow this to be manifest. Let your forbearing, this gentle, reasonable spirit be known to all men. Let everybody see it. Don't let everybody see you get angry and that stuff. We're to set that aside, right? Like a rotten garment, like we saw last time. We're to put on Christ, right? Now, this word, the Lord is near, is interesting. The term near here, agus in Greek, speaks of at hand. The Lord is at hand. The words used to speak of the word being near is Romans 10.8. The word is near you. It's at hand. It's in your mouth and your heart. Now salvation, Romans 13.11, is nearer to us than when we believe it's at hand. Revelation talks about the time is near of the coming of Christ. And so what does he mean here? The Lord is near. Well, it's two possibilities. One, his coming is near. It's at hand. He's coming to make things right. And we know that's true. But we also know he's at hand. He's here. He's with us. You see, and when you recognize in every circumstance, the Lord is going to take care of it. He's going to take care of things. If you're wrong, he's going to vindicate you. He's going to take care of every circumstance. doesn't mean we don't speak up rightly at the right time. We see the Lord Jesus perfectly doing that. We see other times where he's quiet. But what we see here is that if you recognize he is near, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to pull and grab to your rights. And I, I got to do this. I got to do this. You trust the Lord. He's near. I'm not saying you were Mr. Marshmallow or whatever it is. We need to be strong in the Lord. Act like men, 1 Corinthians 6 to 10. I'm not, that's for men, obviously. The reality is, we're to be gentle. We're to allow that gentleness to be manifest because we know he's taking care of everything. He's near. You don't need to deal with it. He will deal with those things. You know, when you're falsely accused, and that's going to happen, you don't need to defend yourself. Isaiah 54, verse 17, No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication comes from me, declares the Lord. Now that doesn't mean there's an appropriate time to say, no, that's not true. I appeal to Caesar. What did Paul say? I appeal to Caesar, right? But he recognized, as we see here, as the scriptures reveal, that the Lord's near. You don't need to be unreasonable and Act in those situations in a way that is ungodly. The Lord's near. Let your sweet reasonableness be manifest because he's near. You see, often when we are treated badly or certain situations come up, we're trying to hold on to our rights or whatever it is, guess what? That just feeds right into worry. That just feeds right into it. So then let this gentle yieldedness, the character of Christ, be manifest to all because the Lord is near. That means we've got to be thinking about it. When those situations come upon us, I've got to think about the Lord is near. He's going to take care of this. Lord God, please help me in this situation. Help me to respond rightly. Help me to do what you would have me to do. And Lord, I know you're going to take care of it. I know you're going to take care of it. You might remember this wonderful passage, Isaiah 41.10. I lived on this verse for a while. We need to still live on it. It says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I promise. Don't fear, don't anxiously look about. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you. Therefore, you don't have to react to those things. You can allow him to take care of it. He is near. Don't try to yield. Don't try to be sweet. Recognize the Lord is near. 
Fear him, trust him, obey him, and what will be manifest to others is a sweet reasonableness. So then, we see that we are to rejoice always. We are to allow his character be manifest in us as we trust him because he's near. And then notice concerning worry, where he hits it dead on here. He says, be anxious for six for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now just think about that for a minute. Tremendous verse. Now as I've shared, the world has its ways to deal with sin. The world has its ways. And if you were to go to a doctor today and say, I am very anxious. I am paralyzed by it. The world's way to take care of that would be medication, whatever it might be. Now, God's Word doesn't deal with a lot of medical things. God's Word doesn't deal with that. You know, it doesn't say, hey, if you have a broken arm, here's what you need to do. God's Word deals with our relationship with Him, deals with our hearts and our minds. And so here, when it comes to anxiety, God deals with the issue of faith. He deals with what's really behind it. And so we as believers need to grasp onto God's solution rather than the world's ways. So here, as we're going to see, worry is actually a pretty serious sin. Indeed, at its root is a lack of trust and a forgetfulness of God's goodness. And how often worry causes divisions, fights, conflicts. When we worry, we can't trust. When we worry, we can't be joyful. When we worry, we can't worship. When we worry, we have no peace. Worry is a very cruel taskmaster. And maybe some of you are caught up in that. We all have been. We all get caught up. We all are tempted. It's a cruel taskmaster. You see, sin controls us, and it brings forth death. And with all sin, it cuts off our fellowship with the Lord. And folks, when we worry, it carries with it a lot of other sins. Why? Because it attacks the core of our relationship, which is faith. You see, when worry is present, faith and peace are not. When faith is not present, we are open uh, and huge targets for the evil one. No wonder Paul comes down so hard on this sin here in this passage. You see, worry also completely deflates our witness and testimony. It makes us no different than the world. But God is gracious, and God is kind, and he is good, and he looks out for our best interests. And as a loving father would come along a son in whom he deeply loved, God commands us not to worry, but to pray instead. You see, if you're a warrior and you're a believer, you've fallen into that, God hasn't given up on you. He wants to set you free. God is gracious, he's good, and he looks out for us. So don't let this passage leave you with a guilt trip. If you go out of here and say, oh, I'm such a warrior, so oh, yeah. you know what, that's just a self-focus. We need to leave after hearing this with a thankfulness for God's love for us and helping us understand how we can be set free. So notice, he says here, be anxious for nothing. Well, what are we anxious about? We worry about the future. We worry about finances. We worry about our physical condition. We worry about our friends, our family, our work, vacation, safety, ministry, church, what people might think, and that's the worst one, by the way. When you worry what people think, that's a snare. The fear of man brings a snare. You need to worry what God thinks in a sense. Be concerned, as we'll say. So first of all, he says, be anxious for nothing. 
Now, we don't need to be Greek scholars to figure this out. It says in Greek, be anxious for nothing. And each one of us understand what worry is, right? We all understand that. It's a strong emotion that not only affects our minds, but it affects us physically. David made it clear that his sin affected him physically. And you know, when everyone will say, the world will say, well, you've got an imbalance of these chemicals and that. Yeah, you probably do. Because sin affects our bodies. It does affect us. We see that. As I mentioned before, God doesn't address other physical things. He addresses worry here because it's of the mind. So he says here, there is not one thing that's emphatic that we are to be anxious about. Be anxious, it's emphatic, for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Does this mean we ignore reality? We ignore sickness and trials as if they don't exist? Absolutely not. This word translated anxious can be translated care, concern, worry, or anxiety. In a positive context, there's nothing wrong with a biblical concern for the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul said that there was no one other than Timothy, back in chapter 2, who would have a genuine concern. Same word translated here, be anxious for nothing. A genuine concern for these Philippians' welfare. You see, worry is different than a biblical concern of love. So you say, can I be anxious about my physical condition? No. Can I be anxious about money? No. Can I be anxious about my job? No. Can I be anxious about the church? No. Can I be concerned? Certainly to depend upon the Lord in those things, absolutely, but anxious, no. What about that plane flight? Should I be anxious? We could all die, right? No, we're not to be anxious. But we recognize when these feelings come upon us, they're impossible for us to stop. We need to actually do what God says in his power. Otherwise, we will be bound to them. It's impossible. You see, as we go about his business, not our own foolishness, we are to worry about nothing because the Lord is near, he's in control, and we can go to him and we are in him. We're not to worry about anything. And when we worry, just confess it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, because you're going to fall. Another pastor writes, do you ever find yourself worrying? Do you know that Scripture calls worry a sin? When you realize that you're worrying, did you go to God and confess it as a sin? Worry is just as much a sin as adultery, murder, theft, yet we often as believers treat it lightly when our stomachs are tied in knots because we've worried ourselves into a nervous frenzy. We don't realize that we've fallen into sin. And I agree with that. Turn to Matthew 6. We read this earlier, but turn there, Matthew 6. We see based on God's loving care for us in the smallest things, we should not worry about anything. And that means i got to think about that. I've got to think about that. I've got to think about God's care for me. I've got to look at the birds. I've got to look at the lilies. I've got to think about it. Jesus tells us to do that. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And by the way, everything we usually worry about could be resolved on a temporal basis with money in our minds, we would think sometimes, right? Sometimes, but it's not true. It's not true. You cannot serve God and mammon. For this reason, this is the Lord Jesus saying, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat, or as to what you shall drink, nor for your body, as to what you shall put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap, or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Now think that. God cares for you so much more than the birds, and he takes care of them. Why do we worry then? Why would we worry? He goes on. And which of you being anxious can add a single cubit to his own lifespan? Does anxiety make your life live longer? Not at all. And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say that even Solomon in his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so raised the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown to the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O man? And here's the issue about worry of little faith. Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we wear? With what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Just pray about these things as we'll see. He knows you need it. you got to go do this. you got to do that. Don't worry about it. He knows. But notice what he says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You seek first Christ and his kingdom. You seek his righteousness, and he's going to take care of everything. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We're not to worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. There is no area that we are allowed in the Lord to be anxious for because he is sovereign over everything. He can take care of everything, and he will if we trust him. But you say, what if I have a chemical imbalance? Well, God doesn't say be anxious for nothing except if you have a chemical imbalance. I'm talking about certain areas here. I'm not a doctor, as I'll share in a minute. You know that. This is not a physical issue at its core, although there are physical consequences to sin. There are definitely physical consequences. This is an issue of our thinking and our relationship with Jesus. Be anxious for nothing, no exemptions. So if we are worrying, we are sinning, if we're not trusting the Lord, that's the core issue. Just confess, Lord God, I'm sorry I'm not trusting you. Forgive me, please. But notice, we're not just to not worry. We're to do something instead of worrying. Next time you are tempted to worry or you yield to it, confess it. And then notice what he says to do. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. It's not just saying everything you're tempted to worry about. It's saying everything. We should be living a life in which we are bringing everything before the Lord each day. We're interacting with him. We're trusting in him. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to the Lord. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Here's the antidote to worry. Obedient, humble prayer. That's the antidote. Prayer to a God who loves you so much he gave his son to die in your place. Prayer to a God in whom you can boldly come before his throne and receive grace and mercy in time of need. Prayer to a God who can sympathize with our weaknesses, having become like us, yet without sin. He cares for you and I deeply. And we need to not worry. We need to go to him. It's a personal relationship. Yes, we do fall, but confess. We're commanded to not worry about anything, but pray about everything. And so the question be, are we obeying that command? 
Can I think of things I've done this week where I was frustrated, worried, whatever it was, and I didn't confess that? Confess it. Situation in my life I wasn't trusting the Lord, I didn't pray about. So how is this done? How are we to do this? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Notice this, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. The term prayer, prosuke, speaks of prayer in general. It's a petition to the Lord. It speaks of prayer. We, because of Christ, by his Spirit now, can pray to the living God. He hears us. Supplication, the word means a humble request. It's not a laundry list of, God, do this for me. It's a humble request. Oh, Lord God, I am concerned about this job interview. I'm concerned about this conversation with my relatives. I'm concerned about our finances. I'm concerned, oh, Lord God, I need you to help me, Lord God. Humble request. Bring it before the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You see, when you do that, you're going to find you're not going to be worrying. You're going to find you'll be trusting him, and you're going to have peace. Pray about everything. You're getting frustrated. You're starting to worry about something. Stop worrying. Take that very same thing and go to the Lord. Prayer and supplication. But guess what? You're going to have to humble yourself to do that because pride wants to hold on to it. We know from 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety upon him for he cares for you. i got to humble myself. i got to let go of it and i got to throw it on Christ. Lord God, I am concerned about this. I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned. And it's over and over again sometimes. I'm concerned, Lord God, but you're good. And you're above these things and you love me. Help me through these things. You know, God will never let you down. You'll be amazed when you trust the Lord what he does. You'll be amazed when you trust him specifically about specific things in your life, what he does. You'll be giving him glory all the time. You see, humble prayer reveals dependence and a faith rather than a lack of faith and a lack of trust, which is bound up in anxiety. So we're to humbly pray, cast your cares upon him. And then secondly, notice we're to do this with thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And here's where we fail. We don't pray with a thankful heart. We say, Lord, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, but we're not saying thank you, Lord. I know this is happening, but I thank you that you are so good. I thank you that you're so kind. I thank you that you've done these things for me. I thank you that you'll take care of me. Thankfulness. When we pray with a thankful heart, God changes things. We have a different heart towards him, thanking him. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. 
888-888-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, in our message today, you shared a simple question. Are you a thankful person? And why does thankfulness reduce our worry? You know, Dave, I actually believe that the Lord would want us to replace our worry with thankfulness. As we saw in our passage today, we are to be anxious about nothing, but in everything through prayer with thanksgiving, we're to make our request known to God. We serve a gracious, good God, and even in the midst of terrible difficulties, which cause great grief and sorrow, we can learn to be thankful because of who he is and what he has done and what he is doing through those difficulties. You see, if you're seeing the Lord rightly, even in the midst of the most difficult situations, you're going to be thankful. And that's what the Lord calls us to do in this passage. And so my question to you today would be, are you a thankful person or not? If you're not a thankful person, I would encourage you to examine your thinking in light of the Word of God. Because once you see the Lord rightly, in spite of all the difficulties He may have allowed, you're going to be thankful. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again tomorrow, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church.